Section zero of four and twenty fairy tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jason in Panama. Preface by James Planchet. The success attending the publication of a new translation of the fairy tales of the Countess d'Aulnoy has justified the publishers in believing that an equally faithful version of some of the most popular stories of her contemporaries and immediate successors similarly annotated might meet with as favorable a reception i have therefore selected twenty-four of the best fairy tales according to my judgment remaining in the cabinet de fées commencing with those of charles perrault the earliest and terminating with some of madame le prince de beaumont the latest french writer of european celebrity in that particular class of literature independently of the fact that with the exception of those of madame de beaumont few if any in the present volume have ever been placed in their integrity before the english reader i trust that the chronological order i have observed in their arrangement will give them a novel interest in the eyes of those children of a larger growth who are not ashamed to confess with la fontaine si pendant mes trois contes j'y prendrai un plaisir extrême or with the great reformer martin luther i would not for any quantity of gold part with the wonderful tales which i have retained from my earliest childhood or have met with in my progress through life the reader will by this arrangement observe in a clearer way than probably he has yet had an opportunity of doing the rise progress and decline of the genuine fairy tale so thoroughly french in its origin so specially connected with the age of that grand monarch whose reign presents us in the graphic pages of saint simon and d'anjou with innumerable pictures of manners and customs dresses and entertainments the singularity magnificence profusion and extent of which scarcely require the fancy of a dull noy to render fabulous in my introduction to the tales of that lively and ingenious lady i have already shown the progress of the popularity of this class of composition but in the present volume it will be seen how in the course of little more than half a century the fairy tale from a fresh sparkling simple yet arch version of a legend as old as the monuments of that celtic race by whom they were introduced into gaul became first elaborated into a novel comprising an ingenious plot with an amusing exaggeration of the manners of the period next inflated into a preposterous and purposeless caricature of its own peculiarities and finally denuded of its sportive fancy its latent humour and its gorgeous extravagance subsided into the dull commonplace moral story which taking less hold of the youthful imagination was however laudable in its intention a very ineffective substitute for the merry monitors it vainly endeavoured to supersede too much like a lesson for the child it was too childish for the man the fairies were dismissed in consequence of the incapacity of the writers to employ them but they were not meant to be annihilated they still live in their own land to laugh at those mortals who will not laugh with them and learn while they laugh 
Modern art may vainly invoke them to perform fresh marvels, but enough power still exists in their old spells to enchant youth, amuse manhood, and resuscitate age, and despite the hypercritic and the purist, they will continue to exercise their magic influence over the human mind so long as it is capable of appreciating wit, fancy, and good feeling. As Mademoiselle Leritier wrote two hundred years ago, Ils ne sont pas assez à croire, mais tant que dans le monde on verra des enfants, des mères et des mères grandes, on en gardera la mémoire. End of section zero.